In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes in order to show us that being His disciple is something to be excited about. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, have you ever had that moment where you, uh, you, you open the door up for somebody or, or you even just kind of walk through the door and keep it open for somebody and instead of them walking through and saying thank you or something like that, they give you a look as if they're saying, how dare you open this door for me? If you haven't had that experience... Well, that's probably pretty good, because I've had that a few different times. Now, normally speaking, especially since we're in the South, when you open the door up for somebody, they smile, they walk through, they acknowledge you. Sometimes they even say thank you. Um, Sometimes they say appreciate it, whatever it is. But occasionally, occasionally they'll walk through and they will scowl. And, uh, you know, it's difficult, but you forgive them eventually. You, you try not to think the worst of them. You try to go, okay, they're from South Florida. It's okay. They don't have manners down there. It's all right. You try to do that Eighth Commandment thing where you go, okay, you know, put the best construction on everything. But there's a little piece of you that gets kind of like, I don't know. And the the reason is, you weren't going out of your way. You, you, you know, this was not coming at a great expense to yourself. But there was something about that disconnection that, that kind of, it kind of bothers us when we try to do something that's a little bit nice for somebody and they respond to that in a negative way. Now, now sometimes the, the negative uh, thing is, is that, uh, you know, they, they assume that, that somehow that this is, is going to uh, mean some kind of power struggle um, between you and them. So if it's particularly, you know, you're a younger person and they're an older person, or you're an older person and they're a younger person, you know, there, there might be that, that sense of, of a power struggle there. And so um, you're, you're kind of like, okay, well, maybe that's the reason. Or maybe um, it's, it's between pe- two people from different sexes. And, and you, you, you kind of go, well, maybe that made it awkward. So, uh, you know, maybe I understand it that way. Or, or maybe it's just somebody who doesn't like people. And, uh, you know, they're afraid that by you opening the door that you're going to initiate conversation after that. And so you kind of go, well, I, I sort of understand where, where maybe that's coming from. And, and so you kind of go, okay, I wonder what the reasons are that they're not excited. Maybe excited is a little bit too much. But the, the reason that they're not happy about this, the, the reason that they're not allowing themselves to feel some sort of joy when somebody else opens the door for them. Because honestly, when I walk through a door that somebody else has opened up, it kind of picks my spirits up. You know, it's silly, absolutely silly because it doesn't take a lot for me to open up the door. It's not like I'm going to be standing at the door if they don't keep it open for me going, but there's something like, Hey, they did something nice for me. Awesome. And, and so we, we kind of, you know, we, we start to wonder, okay, why doesn't everybody else uh, embrace that feeling of, of happiness? Why doesn't everybody else embrace that feeling of like, okay, 
um, this person did something nice to me, and that's a good thing. Uh, well, you, you start looking at, at these lessons, and you kind of start to wonder, well, maybe this is how God feels a lot of the time. Because <laughs> like all of these lessons, uh, you know, they're, they're all about people being excited about the stuff that God has for us. Yeah, you, you have all of these lessons that God has yeah, used his Holy Spirit in order to codify into Scripture. And, and he's kind of like, this is how I want you to respond, people. So you, you have this first one in, in Isaiah where Isaiah uh, gets this vision. This vision of one day when all people, not just Israel, not just God's chosen people, but all of the nations are going to say, hey, let's go to the house of that Jewish God guy and let's listen to what he's got to say because it's great stuff. Let's go there. It's going to be super exciting. He's going to show us how to live our lives. It's going to be better than Oprah and Joel Osteen mixed together. It's going to be fantastic. Let's go. And yet, sometimes we we go, yeah, okay. That's for the nations. And then he writes down in, in the Songs of Ascents. So the, the psalm is, is one of the Songs of Ascents. And so this was one of the songs that they sang while they were going to the temple. So, so this was, they sang these songs over and over and over again while they were going to church, kind of. And, and they, they were getting excited. And the first line... Yeah, the first line pretty much in the psalm is this psalmist going, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It's like he's been waiting. I'm waiting for this moment, this moment where I get to go on this pilgrimage, this really long journey to the temple. I can't wait to go and walk for days and days and days in order to go to this temple, which is probably kind of boring. But I get to go. And you can kind of hear the excitement. Oh, Jerusalem, where we're going. May peace forever be there because there's great stuff to be found there. There's, there's the, the throne of David, which is the judgment seat of God. There's good stuff. And Paul, in that reading from Romans, is telling the Jewish Christians in Rome to get excited about showing love to people around them. And if you notice, he contrasts it with, you know, sort of this, this negative following the commandments thing. So he's like, you know, stop focusing on the do nots in the commandments. It's kind of what he's saying. He's like, you guys are so focused on, well, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. Paul says, rather than worry about, you can't do this, you can't do that, worry about showing love to your neighbor. And if you show love to your neighbor, you'll automatically keep yourself from doing the thou shalt nots. But show love to them. And it's, it's much easier to get excited about showing love to people than it is, well, I better not do that, I better not do that, I better not do that. 
So Paul is saying, get excited, get excited, get get so excited that you love these people. Get so excited that Jesus loved you that you can then go and love them. And so we've got all of these three readings that are all so much about getting excited. And then you have Jesus triumphantly coming into the city of David coming into the holy city of Zion, coming into really the way that you would think about this if you were a Jew during Jesus' time is you're coming into God's city. You're coming into the presence of God. And Jesus is coming in, and he's coming in the name of the Lord, and all of these people are shouting, and they're saying, Hosanna, Lord, save us. And save us isn't just a negative thing, but it's actually sort of a chant. It's, it's, uh, it's sort of like doing the war chant and going, you know, we're waiting for your coming. And then it comes back to us. Today we're starting off a year, a year of an annual focus that we're calling Follow Me. Those words from Matthew 4. So this whole year, the dominant gospel text is going to be from the gospel of Matthew. And behind that gospel text, you're going to hear the echo of Jesus calling his disciples, saying, Follow Me, from Matthew 4. And knowing that that call isn't just for Peter and James and John and Andrew and Bartholomew and all of those guys, but that call is to all the people that are called to be his disciples. And guess what? That includes you. You're called to be his disciple. You're called to be... His disciple. And we go, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> and, and, you know, we, we kind of go, Ugh. and we, we respond in a sort of lackluster way. You know, it's as if Jesus is holding the door open for you and you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you walk through and you, you know, you scowl at him or you do whatever. Because sometimes we feel like, oh, Jesus is calling me to, as a disciple. It's not a good thing. Which is ridiculous. I mean, Jesus, the most spiritual, the most loving, the most powerful, the, the, the greatest, most human human being who ever existed. The person who we at least confess with our mouths, we say he was the best person. If I can learn how to be even half as good as the best person, I'm going to be a pretty good person. That's pretty exciting. And he's called me into his internship program. He's called me into becoming more like him. And yet we hear that and we're like, oh, man. Jesus called me to be his disciple. And we're not excited about it. We're not excited about it, I think, maybe for probably about three different reasons. I think the first reason that we're probably not excited about it, that's possible for, for some of us, but is definitely possible for a lot of our neighbors, is that we're just kind of in this fight with God right now. 
and, and we don't like God very much. You know, we might still have this relationship with him. It might be like that family member that you're just like, the other, my family member, but I don't want to talk to them. Maybe you saw them over Thanksgiving. You tried your best to be like, you get your turkey, I'll get my ham. Yeah, whatever you're eating, I don't want any of it. And that's where, where some people are. That's where some of us are. Is, you know, if God says do this, we're just kind of like, well, I don't like you, so I'm doing that. And, and that's a very real possibility of why it's not exciting to be called his disciple, is that we're kind of in a fight with God. Some of us are, are not quite there, but we're also not quite trusting of God. So it's kind of like God has called you to be his disciple, but that sort of feels like you just got you know, this job offer to clean the floors at Walmart. Yeah, you're like, yeah, it's a job. Okay, and I guess I would get paid for it, but I don't know that you have my best interest in mind. And a lot of, for a lot of us, that's kind of where we're at with God, is we're like, well, God has this list of stuff for me to do, and it's stuff that maybe I don't want to do, and I don't really see how this is benefiting me at all, and so I don't want to do it. I'm not excited about being his disciple. Some of us, third category, some of us are pretty excited we're pretty stinking excited about being called as Jesus' disciples. We're like, this is so cool. But my friends are never going to understand. And, and so you kind of keep it to yourself. You, know? um, you, you keep it to yourself and, and you're like, this could be kind of cool, but I'm a little bit afraid of what this would mean. You know, if my friends find out that, that you know, I'm so into this God thing. Or, or maybe you're, you're a little bit more afraid of, well, what would this actually make me? If I actually got excited about this, if I actually said, well, I'm a disciple, this could be pretty cool. If I actually let myself believe that, if I actually let myself get excited about it, would that change my life and would I become somebody that I don't want to be? Would I become like, you know, that person? You all know who that person is. Right? And you're like, I don't know. Into that, God, God speaks gospel. He, he fixes those problems. That's a good way to kind of boil down what gospel means. Gospel fixes the problems that keep you from what God wants. So God wants you to be excited. The problem is you're not excited. You're not excited for a, a few different reasons. One of those reasons is that you're having a fight with God. God says, I'm going to send my son in. We're going to do some reconciliation work. I'm going to forgive you your sins. I'm going to tell you over and 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 over. Your sins are forgiven. This stuff that stands between me and you, it's done. No matter how bad your sins are, it's done. Because I want you to be excited about being my disciple. So no matter what your sins are, no matter what you're angry with me for, that's over. We're reconciled. From my point of view, it's just you. You're the one who's sitting there stewing mad. So get over that, but it's not about me. That's what God's telling you. So he's fixing your problem. He's bringing you reconciliation. The, the second problem that he, he's fixing for you is, is kind of that sense of, I, I don't trust him. 
I don't trust that this is actually you know, good for me. And so into that, God sends Jesus. God's like, okay, well, I'm going to send Jesus into your world. He's going to live this perfect life. Everybody is going to love Jesus. Just mention Jesus to somebody you know, especially if they're not a believer. And you're like, that Jesus, he was a pretty rotten guy, wasn't he? And they'll go, what planet are you from? Because everybody, even if they don't believe in Jesus, they're like, Jesus, good guy. And so God goes, look at that. You're, you're in his apprenticeship program to become more like him, and everybody likes him. So it's probably good for you. So, so he's fixing that problem for you. And lastly, there's that problem of the people around you and of who you'll become. And so God has provided the church, he's provided all of these saints who are sitting next to you, all of those saints that you know, who are Christians around you, that, that are wrestling with all of this stuff as well. And he's like, you know, just take a look at them. Take a look at the other people that I've baptized into my name. Take a look at the other people that I've started to fix their problems and start getting excited alongside them. Because God doesn't just want to bring you to heaven. He doesn't just want you to go to the resurrection. Because he doesn't want you to do those things, you know, kicking a can down the street while you're going to the resurrection. He doesn't want you to be like, oh, well, I guess I have to go to the resurrection. But he, he wants you to find some excitement in that. And maybe it's hard for you to get excited right now. And I get that. And that's okay. But know that that's what God is trying to fix between you and him right now. That's what God is trying to fix when he gives you his word. That's what God is trying to fix when he baptizes you. That's what God is trying to fix when he gives you Holy Communion. That's what God is trying to fix when he declares that your sins are forgiven over and over and over and over again. He's trying to say, this is worth getting excited about. just like it's worth getting excited about Christmas coming. God has something so good for you when he says, follow me. Let us this week remember that when he says, follow me to us, He says it in a way that is saying, follow me to the greatest experience of your life. Amen.